from Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah. I'm Kim Anderson. And I'm Zach Ireland. And this is Behind Closed Doors. Transgender people experience discrimination in the workplace, schools, public facilities. They often lack sufficient access to health care and face difficulties in obtaining appropriate name and gender designations on legal documents. The debate on whether or not transgender students can use the bathroom of the gender which they identify as has been an ongoing debate that seems to only intensify, but it really, to me, is much more than just some petty argument over what bathrooms you can go in. It's so much more. Like it wasn't just water fountains during the civil rights era or which bus seat Rosa Parks could sit at. I really believe trans rights are civil rights. And they're really important to me. And when I first started this podcast, I was really hoping to find a transgender student here at BYU. And I thought, there is no way I am going to be able to find a trans student at BYU. Um, But here with me now is not just one trans student, but two trans students. Um, And we are really happy to have them here with us. Um, I guess BYU is a little bit more diverse than I thought. Uh, joining me is Andy and Gabriel, two transgender men at BYU. Thanks so much for coming on our show. Yeah, of yeah, course. We're, we're glad to be here. Great. <laughs> so even though I know what like the basic definition of transgender means, I still don't really fully comprehend necessarily means or feels like. You know, I don't think anybody can unless they actually go through it. So I just want I want to okay. sit in your shoes for a second or try to. Andy, what does it mean to be transgender? I guess it's easier to define it by first defining what cisgender is. So cisgender is when you define yourself or like identify as your birth gender. Like say you're female, so you identify as female and you feel female. Whereas transgender would be feeling a dissonance between your physical um, sex and your gender gender identity, I guess. So like, um, for example, Gabe Gabe and I both um, are assigned female at birth, but we identify as male. So we're transgender like our physical sex and our gender identity don't match. Okay. I don't know. That's a maybe very yeah, simple. I think that's a that's a pretty yeah. good. And it can include so many things. Like that, you know, you have your trans men, which mm-hmm. are generally born female at birth and identify as, as men. And then you have your trans women who are, who were born male or assigned male at birth and then are identify as women. And then you have all sorts of stuff in between. And we could spend a lot of time talking yeah. about all the sorts of ins and outs of gender. Okay. But yeah. So when did you know for sure that you, that you were a male? I would say there's kind of two two times to that. So I never knew what trans was until I was 21. When I first heard the word and I you know and I heard someone talk about it, I was quite sure at that moment that that's what I had been experiencing my whole life. Hmm. If you go back in time, like now this I don't remember, but my parents, once I came out to my parents, they told me of a time, I guess when I was three and I told them I was a boy wow. and that my kindergarten teacher and my first grade teacher also told my parents that often I referred to my, in my journal, in my like little school journal, I would refer to myself as a guy huh. and I would use male pronouns for myself and so I knew quite early on. And then, you know, as you grow up, I was corrected enough that it was like, oh. And then once I understood, like, anatomy and things, wow. I was like, oh, 
oh, I am a girl. And then I kind of like, I, you know, I don't, I don't really know how that worked out. But like my parents kind of say that that's sort of how it went. And it's that's a very that's a very common. It's experience. common. I've, yeah, I've heard trans. a lot of stories like that. Was trans that people. the same for you, Andy? Um, similar in some ways. When I was younger, I didn't think a lot about gender, just because it wasn't particularly revel- relevant to my experience. Were you kind of just you were what you were? Yeah, like I didn't okay. particularly define like male, female, anything. Um, when I was started to go through puberty, when I was around eleven or twelve, I started feeling a lot of discomfort towards my body. I feel like that is normal. When I was thirteen, I also read a book about. How the author defined it as a girl who wanted to be a boy and I remember thinking like that kind of res- resonates with me like I kind of feel like I identify with that a little bit mm-hmm. um, but I didn't consider myself transgender until I was about 16 and that's um, I guess I was sort of becoming more aware of what that meant and I started wondering if maybe I fit that, um, that I don't know that, that idea because I didn't know a lot about it before then Mm-hmm. And I felt really unhappy and a little bit guilty about it for a long time just because I felt like it didn't mesh very well with my re- religious identity. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of repressed that for a little bit until I was around 18-ish. And that's when I started to like feel more comfortable about being transgender, I guess, and sort of um, more fully identifying that so way. So there wasn't like a specific time where you were like, I know I'm a, bo- oh, I'm a boy. No, that happened when I was around 16. I just okay. didn't want it to be true i guess so it was suppressed kind of thing mm-hmm. okay we were talking you were saying about confidence in yourself and that's that's an issue that everyone will struggle with at one time or another but it's different uh in both of your situations how do you think that compares to your cisgendered peers i have a i have a few thoughts i don't i don't think they'll they'll really i don't know if i can if i can really answer that it's it's hard to kind of explain in language the difference that i feel now that I'm transitioning than I did before. But um, I know that it was something that was apparent in like my good friends. So a lot of the friends I was seeing about the time that I was finding out these things and transitioning was still my mission friends because I was very, it was very soon after I, I got back from my mission. Um, and so I was, you know, with these and, you know, they, they kept saying like, there's something different about you. Like I, I had very long hair, you know, about down, you know, maybe halfway down my back. Um, and... I, you know, I cut it all off. But anyway, I remember like they started seeing these changes that I was making and I started being more myself and like not forcing myself to wear makeup or to try and be feminine or be something that I'm not. And like once I stopped forcing myself to do all those things, I felt like so much more of a real person. I felt so much more in touch with other people's lives. I felt like I could really listen to people. I felt... And, you know, and I've, I've felt this for, for a long time. I feel more like a real person that actually interacts with people in a very meaningful way. And that has changed my life so much. And it's so much more worthwhile to live because of it. How would you address people who claim that there actually is something wrong with you? Something mentally off or psychologically off about either one of you? I want this to be an opportunity for you to address those people and tell them how you feel I guess that they feel that way. I think mm-hmm. like honestly the first like I, my first reaction is maybe I don't know if it's really anger. I maybe it is anger. Like I don't like it when people think that way and it makes me feel like I want to correct them, you know? But then and the, but then I have this other thought that it's like, well, I thought that about myself 
and I'm me. Like, you know, I can't, how am I supposed to expect other people to accept me? Like, just like that, or ex- or understand what this really is about, you know, because at first, honestly, most of my life, I've thought I've had some sort of problem. Like, I never knew what it was. Like, I would, I just felt like something was off, and I was always searching for that, and I could never find it. I feel like a lot of people, that is like a very common misconce- misconception I've heard is that um, gender dysphoria is a mental illness. Right. And, um... I feel like for a long time I did struggle with depression and anxiety and those were those were mood disorders but I feel like they started alleviating when I did start like um accepting that I was transgender and started like mm-hmm. um more dressing towards my gender identity and accepting that part of myself so I'm wondering if maybe the problem isn't gender dysphoria it's like the social the social the yeah. social problems around it that cause yeah. isolation that yes. cause you to yeah. doubt yourself that cause you to feel mentally ill yes. you know how do you feel like you have overcome those societal norms and fully accepted yourself or have you just kind of grown a thicker skin in a way I, I don't think I really don't think I've really come to terms with it quite yet I thought I had but then once I and you know I go to a to a counselor and I I this is and, and it really helps me to speak with someone about right. these things and I realize I realized recently actually that I still have a lot of kind of internalized problems with my own identity especially mm-hmm. you know once you add in religion and you add in like all these other things do you and, think that goes for a lot of transgender people I don't know if it's everybody, but I wouldn't say that it's uncommon. Yes. Right. I just know that, like, I don't know, suicide rates are extremely high among transgender people. And mm-hmm. for someone who's not transgender, that's, I don't know, that's very concerning. And yeah. I just wonder how you guys deal with it emotionally and cope with it in such a harsh society. I think yeah. it is really hard because in a lot of ways, my extended family does still see it that way. Like, they see it more as, like, a body image disorder similar to anorexia. Like, I'm not... And it is hard for me to accept that um, because I'm trans, they see me as um, right. not um, not the same as before. Right. What I'm trying to do is just prove that I'm still the same person. Um, and so I'm still going to school. I'm trying to do the right thing and hoping that through my actions, I can show them that trans people are just like everyone else and that yeah. nothing's really changed. How did your parents respond when you told them? They saw it pretty similar to similarly to my extended family as first where they did feel like it was maybe mental illness and I needed to go to counseling to resolve it mm-hmm. um I did go to counseling I'd actually been at counseling before that and it I'd actually um been encouraged to accept it and accept that part of me and I think the more I accepted it and the more that um I was able to show my parents that I was happier when I was accepting that part of myself they like my dad said that he would rather have a happy son than a dead daughter (laughs) yeah so i think that um though they're not completely coming to they're not like completely okay with it they're coming more to terms and they're um, very accepting these days you're both members of the church yes yep how does that work it's hard for me to imagine lesbian or or gay people even staying in the church just because it would be so incredibly hard um Mm. realistically the church will i mean never fully accept you as men you can't hold the priesthood you can't um can't get married in the temple so how how does that work 
the only things that are like written down in a manual is that mm-hmm. if you have, they call it a transsexual surgery, and that's not mm-hmm. something that you should say these days. But if you, they, they you know, if someone has a transsexual surgery, they and they remember they cannot hold a temple recommend. And there is another clause that says that if um, someone who is considering being baptized and they are considering transitioning. They are not eligible for baptism or they have to have more interviews Mm -hmm. or more interviews are involved in that process. Those are the only two things that they say about trans people whatsoever. Okay, so if if you were to have a transition, a physical transition, if you were to undergo surgery, you could stay in the church, but you wouldn't have a temple recommend. They wouldn't excommunicate you. Question mark? (laughs) We we don't know. We wish they would be more clear about that. So there's no official stance. So a lot of people know of theirs. I think it was Dallin H. Oaks gave a clause back in 2015 when they he was asked in a some public thing about trans issues, uh-huh. and he basically said, "We have more work to do there." Mm-hmm. And so there is there's been different little statements by the church that seems to think that they're thinking about these things and they're trying to come up with some sort of policy. Okay. So it's yeah. not like that's it's supposed to be like that. It's just that right now that's what we have to work with. Okay. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like the culture is here at BYU towards you as a trans man? I think it depends on the individual, definitely. <laughs> do you get any experiences where you're, you feel like you're discriminated against? I mean, you, you technically speaking are, mm-hmm. but I mean, do you ever feel yeah. like people are looking at you or do you ever get instances where people say things or refuse to, uh, you know, refuse to call you by the correct pronouns? Yeah, I haven't met a lot of people outside of the LGBT community that do use correct pronouns for me. Um, I'm an RA in female housing, so that is a little bit complicated. Mm. Most people generally use female pronouns and don't acknowledge that side of me. Gotcha. Um, A lot of my coworkers do know and have been surprisingly very supportive. I think it's just really hard for them, though, because it is a little bit of a complicated situation because even if they do, like, support or like understand that um it's it's just hard at BYU the the culture's kind of hard for them to know what to do or what would be the the right thing to do I guess right we've talked about this before on the show um the honor code and how it's really limited in this whole domain of discussion what are some fundamental and simple clarifications you would make in the honor code to make things easier for you Sometimes I wonder if clarifications would be good yeah, or bad. Yeah, that's the problem. I really like that the LDS policy and the honor code are very vague. It has a lot of wiggle room. I know. It gives, us, <laughs> I like it gives you cool. wiggle room, that's but really it, cool. also, yeah, it can no, also I, be very I, I condemning. Like it can get you kicked out. Well, for, so. trans, for trans people, they yeah. need more than just a clarification. It would be yeah. an addition because there is literally nothing right, about like, them then, in the honor code. I mean, yeah. I would like it if they would say, like, you know, we respect people's gender identities and allow them to identify and use the pronouns. You know, something mm-hmm. like that would be that. I mean, and that's, you know, of course, my opinion that I would be kind of putting in there. Like, I think that trans people should be able to use whatever pronouns they want and go by yeah. whatever name they want. And it would be nice if there was some clause saying that if you switched your name or if you went through a social transition that you wouldn't get kicked out. Because that's something that, you know, even though I don't think anybody really cares, but if someone does, like, you know, I don't want, I, if I get kicked out, You want out, that honor code on your side. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. I would mm-hmm. like some sort of, you know, if they are on my side, it's saying that they are on my side. If they're not, well, let's say that we're not and then delineate what's appropriate and what's not. Yeah. So I'm assuming that both of you, 
your lives would be easier if you were both born male at birth. But do you ever feel like you, you know, you just wish you were born a man? Or do you like the fact that you're transgender? I mean, a lot of people like the fact that they're transgender. I mean, it has brought a lot of meaning to my life and it's brought good people into my life. And I think also um, the church or I guess spirituality wouldn't have mattered as much to me if I was cis because it's given me a reason to both question it and also understand why I believe what I believe. And that has brought a lot of meaning to my life. And I feel like I wouldn't have had as much hardship, but I also wouldn't have, I wouldn't have wanted to um, change my life if I could, because it has um, been surprisingly very meaningful. So you feel like it's strengthening your testimony? Is that fair to say? It has um, brought me closer to God in a way. I don't know if I would even have a reason to um, care about the church at all if I didn't have to like question it and like understand why it matters to me. Right. I think for me, um, you know, I do have those times where especially if I've had a hard day and especially when maybe a lot of people have misgendered me um, and I'm just feeling down or bad about myself. There are times that I'm just like, this would be so much easier if I were cis. Right. And then, but then I really think about who, like, you know, and this is speculation, of course, but I think of the things I've learned because I've trans and because I was born a woman. I think if I, you know, and I'm, I think if I were cis, like just the way I am, unfortunately, I think I would be very sexist and very homophobic, to be honest. I just, I wouldn't, I don't think I would understand those things. And, you know, even still, I have a hard time sometimes. Um, but you're a much more sympathetic mm-hmm. and caring person oh, because of your experiences. Definitely. definitely. Mm-hmm. I, I think I really have, you know, uh, I'm, I can empathize with people because I have experienced things in my life and I, I don't know. I just feel like I can I can empathize with minorities, and I think that's an important thing to be able to do in in your life. And I think that's something that would have been difficult for me if I hadn't been part of one in some way. What's What's it like, or what are What are your plans? What are your plans going forward from here on out? As far as being in the church, do you plan on dating? What's I mean, what's What's dating like as a trans man? painful <laughs> i don't know <laughs> so <laughs> i think everybody isn't that the answer screaming. for everybody though yeah that's true even cis that's people true. have a hard time i commend you both because to me uh, being trans and being mormon do not go together so um you two are both living proof that they do go together i want to understand because i've been told that sexuality and gender identity are two very yes. different things. Yeah. And so someone who doesn't know a lot about um, trans mm-hmm. um, people, they would be a little bit confused as to why someone like uh, Bruce Jenner transitions into a woman, a woman mm-hmm. but dates women. Uh, how does that work? What is the difference between sexuality and gender identity? Okay. Could you just explain yeah, that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So sexual orientation is who you're attracted to. So that would be... You know, like, that's who you have feeling towards. Gender identity is what you identify as. Mm -hmm. So you can be, for example, a trans woman who's attracted to women, and you would be considered lesbian because your gender identity is the same as the um, gender you're attracted to. I I think it definitely confuses people Mm because, you know, someone could sit back and think, okay, so you have the option, you have the option to, let's say, a, a... someone born a man who transitions into a woman but still likes women he's born a a man and you have the option to have 
a family that society accepts Mm -hmm. and you have the ability to have to procreate your own family and so it's like why would you give that up a lot of people don't understand that it's an internal struggle Mm -hmm. i think even if they did have that opportunity and they found someone who they love they wouldn't feel happy though because that person doesn't love them for who they are on the inside and it's hard to explain but i feel like that actually is important like um, when I was in high school, I did have relationships with people a little bit. Like, I, I dated around a little bit with people who did see me as female. It didn't feel right because, first of all, I felt very un- uncomfortable in any relationship with anyone because I, I felt like they weren't seeing me. Do either one of you ever feel... Did either one of you ever feel at one point in your life that you were trapped? Is that... I, I've heard that a lot, and mm-hmm. I wonder if that's something that either of you have felt or if that's generally something trans people feel that they feel trapped inside of their body i too have heard a lot of people say that um i think it's said enough and people have heard that enough though that it starts to it has started to lose meaning i think that people are like oh you feel trapped like and i don't know and then i'm like personally for me i'm like well what's trapped like you know right. i don't know i've i've kind of thought of different like metaphors or ways to kind of like explain it but there's like I don't know. It's like imagine if you're like if you're stuck with an outfit that you hate and you can't ever take it off, or like there's something in your shoe and you can't ever take it out and it's always there and it's always uncomfortable. Or like you have a song like you know pick your the worst genre of music like for you and then it's just playing in your head and you can't stop it. And at some point it's it's not it's like. It's little, but it's constant, and it's all the time, and at some point it drives you absolutely insane. That's how it is. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, and I feel like that's a little better than saying you feel trapped. Like, yeah, you're I just like, like that's... what? That's an abstract thing. Like, yeah. Okay, so we're, we're out of, mm-hmm. basically out of time. Uh-huh. Um, being transgendered at BYU is hard. What advice do you give to those that are struggling with this same thing? Um, I think to other trans folk, I I think really for me when I first found out, and often still I feel kind of alone because there's not many, at least not many that I know of. You know, I've got Andy, I've got a few others here that I know. um, But other than that, there's not a lot of people that really understand me. Um, And so to to them, I would say that, you know, you're not alone and there's other people out Mm -hmm. here. And if you're at BYU, there's people here at BYU and we're going through this together and you're welcome to find us and like you know we're on we're online we're you know where you were at usga like you can you can find us you can talk to us and and you know just just always remember that you're not alone that people Mm -hmm. care for you what do you say to the people who are really ignorant and who are very transphobic and just don't understand you at all and think horrible things Mm -hmm. what could Mm -hmm. you say to them to maybe you know touch their hearts a little bit That is really hard. I think um, Gabriel touched about this a little bit earlier, but I do empathize with that feeling because it took me years to come to terms to it as well and to understand it. Like, I know what it feels like to not understand transgender identity and how hard that is to accept it. I can imagine it's much harder if you don't feel it because then you have no idea how painful and also how consuming it can be so you don't there's maybe not as much reason for you to um, understand it. I guess advice that I would give is just maybe to get to know another trans person. Like, I guess we don't so much want you to need you to fully understand because there's a lot we don't understand. We just want um, 
love and acceptance and to be treated as a human being, mostly. I guess the only thing I would add to that, uh, yeah, again, meet a trans person, like find Mm -hmm. someone. I think that's really the way you can come to like really understand that it's people. When it's like this nebulous group of people that you don't understand that you know exist somewhere and maybe are planning on taking over the world. (laughs) You know, you don't feel, you know, that's something that you don't, you won't like, you know, you don't feel comfortable with that until like you've met someone. You're like, oh, this is a real person. And, like, as I keep meeting trans people, like, it's helped me because I see trans people and I'm like, oh, like, you know, I try and imagine you as, like, as the sex you were born. And I'm just like, no, like, I can totally tell you're you're a woman and it's beautiful, mm-hmm. you know. And then I can see that in me and I'm like, oh, like, we're not crazy. And I have that, like, sudden remember. And, you know, I have that for me when I talk to trans people and I just remember, like, oh, yeah, like, this is a real thing. I don't know. Like, I feel like you really need to meet the people and talk to them. And until you've done that, like, maybe, like, you know, don't say things, be quiet, and then yeah. find someone or, you know, read about it or at least try and imagine what it might be like. Well, Andy, Gabriel, thank you so much for both coming on. We appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thank you. What did you think? The conversation continues on Twitter at BCD Series.